Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Always so hard to get up and talk after those little outtakes, right? If you would, take a, one of these cards that are right in front of you. If you would, just put it in your hands real quick. So two year, summers ago, we did this, um, Suppers for Six, and it was, I think, such a brilliant thing of connecting it during the summer months where so many of us are coming and going. Um, this is just a great way to stay connected. And so if you would, just take a moment to fill this out because we're still wanting different people to host or co-host these groups. And, and so this is one of the easiest things to do because um, what we're trying to do is get them all over the area. And so what it basically is, is that these Suppers for Six just meet six times sometime during the summer. It doesn't make a difference when you do those six times. You, as a group, you can make those decisions. And so the host or the, and the co-host usually are the ones that set up the first meeting and where it's going to be. And then once your group is there, then you say, okay, so let's look at our calendars. When can we set the next one? And let's put it at this location. And so it's a great way for you to meet new people. It's a great way um, for you to connect with others during the summer. And so if you would, please, um, this is an ask from your pastor. If you would fill this out, and I need a bunch of you to be willing to host or co-host these throughout the summer to make it worthwhile for everybody. Everybody understand? Look around your table. Have you all met everybody around your table? Make sure you, so that was what greeting was supposed to be. You were supposed to meet the people around your table. This is just a little bit of a picture of what we want to create this summer, is where people maybe you know, people that are strangers, as you begin to kind of share life and do those types of things. Um, as I'm talking, everybody, for, for this message part, you're welcome to turn your chairs so you can look at me. You don't have to have your back to me and strain your neck. You can actually turn your chairs around to make it a little bit easier for you to do that. That was so funny. <laughs> At the end, I'm going to have you turn back around, so we're going to do a little bit of interaction in your groups here. Hey, it's Memorial Weekend, everybody. Are you thankful for the people who have given their lives for you, and are you appreciative of all those who have gone before you to give you the life that you have? This is what this weekend is all about. I know there's a lot of barbecues and those types of things that are happening, but it's always important to stop and remember those who have gone before us. Come on, put your hands together, would you please? And All right, if you would get your Bibles out, we are uh, really beginning to conclude the series that, we're, that we've been calling Life in the Spirit, and what we're doing is we're going through the book of Romans, and we set this up several months ago, if you recall, those of you who are here, this is probably one of the most profound books of the Bible. It has every, every major theological issue is addressed in the book of Romans, which is the reason why it can be so complex and even complicated and difficult for a lot of us to understand, which is the reason why we've been trying to dissect this as we've been going along here. And so now we are in the last section of the book of Romans, which is chapters 12 through 16. Um, and this whole section is all on service. And um, this morning we're going to dive into chapter 15. But the section in chapter 15 that we're going to talk about actually starts in chapter 14. Always remember when the Bible was written, there weren't chapters and verses. Um, later on is when those chapters and verses were put in, and so sometimes the thoughts don't stop from one chapter to the next, and so this section that we're going to talk about actually starts in chapter 14. So if you have your Bible, go to Romans 14, or you can also follow along on the screen. We're going to start here in verse 13, which says this, Therefore let us stop passing judgment 
on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. As one who's in the Lord, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself, but if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. Do not bite your eating, destroy your brother from whom Christ died. By the way, there's food at every one of your tables, and that's not just for you to look at. That is for you to eat, if you would like. There's fruit for those of you who are healthy, and there's a, enough donuts for everybody who's not around your table. And so, <laughs> speaking of food, yeah, Paige is going right at I see her. She's eating her donut right there. And, and so, please, you have, you have the napkins and plates right there. I know this is a little bit outside of, of Sunday morning normal here. And so, is everybody, everybody with me? This is Memorial Weekend, everybody. All right, it's being... <laughs> Beginning of summer here, and so I want you to relax. Just get everybody relax, you know, kind of get out of your kind of church mode here just a little bit of maybe what you've always thought church was. I want you to interact with people. I want you to get to know the people at your table, and so that food's there for you. If you want to have coffee with it, run out, run out there and coffee and come back in or get your tea, get your water, um, and we'll just keep talking here. So he says, do not by your eating destroy your brother for whom Christ died. Verse 16, do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Okay, we are eating and drinking, but just remember, it's not just about that. But of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean. See, those donuts are good for you. I think that's what he's talking about here. Not really. All food is clean, but it's wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats because he's eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Chapter 15, verse 1. We who are strong ought to bear with the feelings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as is it written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again, it says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will rise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now here in these verses at the end of 14 and the beginning of chapter 15, 
Apostle Paul, he's describing about how to build up each other and to encourage each other. And there's two key verses that I want you to make note of that are in this section. The first key verse is Romans 14, verse 19, which says, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. And then the second key verse is Romans 15, verse 2, which says, Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Now, last week, if you weren't here, we looked at the beginning part of Romans chapter 14, and, and this whole, that beginning of part 14 all deals with having the right attitude towards people within the church who disagree with you over minor issues. And so we talked about the ins and outs of that last week, but here in these verses, the Apostle Paul really takes it to the next level. Because he describes that not only are we to have the right attitude towards others, but we also need to have the right actions towards others. And so that means it's not enough just to tolerate people who you don't get along with, but we're actually called to build up others and to encourage each other. Because if there's one way that the devil wants to destroy the church of Jesus Christ, it is this. And that is to get one table of people within the church mad at another table of people within the church. Always know that that is the devil's strategy in every church across the world, is to get one group of people mad at another group of people. And so the question the Apostle Paul addresses here in this section is the question of how. How do we build each other up instead of tearing each other down? And so here in these verses, he gives us very, kind of five very specific ways that we're to do it. And the first way that he talks about is by committing yourself to build others up, to actually commit yourself to build others up. Romans 14 verse 19 in the Living Bible says it this way, in this way, aim, underline the word aim if you're taking notes, aim for harmony in the church and build each other up. And so the Apostle Paul says, if we're going to actually do this, if we're going to actually build each other up, if we're going to actually encourage each other, then you have to make it a commitment. You have to choose. You have to decide. In other words, I need to make it a decision that from this point forward, I'm going to intentionally and proactively make it one of my goals to actually build people up, to encourage those around me. And so think about it this way. So can you imagine what it would be like if every one of us here today would commit ourselves to building each other up, to intentionally look for ways to encourage each other, to actually build each other up, to, to look for those opportunities to encourage each other. All, all of you who are parents, what would happen if at the end of the service and when you went and pick up your kids, if you actually took the time to thank those who've been ministering to your kids over this last hour? to actually stop and those who are serving you, to talk with the ushers and appreciate them, the worship team and the tech people who are always back there to actually stop and build them up to encourage. That's what he's talking about here. But the only way that's going to happen is if we're proactive, if we're intentional. And I don't know about you, but I think so many of our personalities were so driven going from point A to point B that a lot of times you become blinded to the people who are around you. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to break down church here this morning and to shake things up a little bit is for you to actually see people differently. Now, don't look at me. Look at the people around your table. Take a second, just turn, 
Look at the people around your table. When we're in lines, when we're in lines at church, rows of people, it's so easy just to come and spectate and then leave. But I want to challenge you with something that God has a different way of doing this for us. That the reason why we come together is for community. Community. Not just to spectate, but there's something that God not only wants to do in you, but there's something that God wants to do in you for somebody else. That he wants to work through you to build other people up. And I want to encourage you from this point forward to not just come to church to receive, but actually come to church to give. That God will create assignments for you to build other people up that you interact with, if you'll interact with people, to speak life and encouragement to those who are around you. And that's his first point here. The second way the Apostle Paul says that we're to build people up instead of tearing them down is by recognizing the value of every person. By actually recognizing their value. Verse 15 says, Do not by eating destroy your brother whom Christ died. And so here's the thing. Think about this. Because all those people who irritate you, all right, let's be honest, all the people who irritate you, Sure, they may be obnoxious, sure, they may be immature, and sure, you may disagree with them, but the Apostle Paul says, remember, remember that Jesus died for them just as he died for you. That's what he's talking about. We can't forget this. And so we need to be able to see, G we need to see other people from Jesus' perspective. And Jesus sees people as worthy of sacrifice. The most irritating person, maybe even at your table, Jesus still sees them as worthy of sacrifice, worthy of forgiveness, worthy of mercy, worthy of grace, worthy of love. That's how Jesus sees people. Now, aren't you glad that that's how Jesus sees you? <laughs> but that's how Jesus sees every single person, even one those who irritate you the most. And that's why when somebody starts to, when you start getting upset with somebody, just remind yourself, self, Jesus also died for this person. Not, he didn't just die for me, he died for this person that I'm so irritated with. And so if God loves that person so much, how dare I hurt or misuse or abuse that person? Instead, I'm to actually build and encourage that person instead of tearing them down. And then the third way the Apostle Paul talks about that we're to build up and, and instead of tearing people down is that by keeping, by keeping our focus on what's really important. We need to keep our focus on what's really important. Verse 16 says, Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. And so the Apostle Paul is saying that the essence of Christianity is not external, but it's internal. And when you begin to understand that, then, then you'll be able to put... Uh, up with a lot of these external flaws and external quirks and external faults that people have because your focus won't be on those external things but on the things that are internal, the things that are really important. Let me give you an example of this. In 1917, um, there was the Bolshevik Revolution that was happening in Russia. 
And while that was going on, that this major revolution that was happening in Russia in 1907, while that was going on, the Russian Orthodox priests were in a heated debate that nearly split the church. But here's the thing about that debate. It wasn't over some major theological issue that they were wrestling over. That's not what was going on. The issue that they were arguing with that almost split the Russian Orthodox Church was that they were arguing how long the tassels should be on their robes. (laughs) Now think about that. All around them, there were thousands upon thousands of people who were dying. Their country was in turmoil. Their country was in chaos. But they were arguing over the length of the tassels of their robes, and it almost split the Russian Orthodox Church. That's how it happens so easily. I've been in hundreds upon hundreds upon churches in my lifetime, and I've noticed that churches don't split over major issues. Churches tend to split over minor things. We get into disagreement over so many minor different things, little risks that happen between different people. And so what the Apostle Paul is describing here, he's making this plea, don't get sidetracked on these minor issues. And I said this last week, that we... When you look around you, there are people that are coming from all sorts of church backgrounds. We, we have people that are coming from Catholic backgrounds and Lutheran backgrounds and Episcopal backgrounds. We have people coming from Presbyterian backgrounds and Methodist backgrounds and Baptist backgrounds. We have people coming from Charismatic backgrounds and Pentecostal backgrounds and, and non-denominational backgrounds. And some of you are coming from completely from non-church backgrounds, which means this. Around your table and all around you are enormous differences. In this room alone, there are enormous differences going on. But you know what? We manage to get along with each other. We manage to worship together. We manage to eat together. We we manage to do this thing together. Why? Because that's not the key issue. Around your table, there are people that that believe differently on when Jesus is going to come back. Some of you are pre-millennial, some of you are post-millennial, some of you are a-millennial, some of you are pre-trib, some of you are mid-trib, some of you are post-trib, and some of you have no idea what I just said. (laughs) And in case you're wondering, I'm one of those pan-millennialists. I just think that it's all going to pan out in the end. (laughs) And so to me, the biggest issue is not when Jesus is coming back, the biggest issue to me is that, are you ready for Jesus to come back? Because throughout Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says over and over and over, be ready. You're not going to know the actual time, but be ready here. And so to me, that's the bottom line. Jesus is coming back, and so are you ready? That's the main focus, and we can't get sidetracked by all of these minor things. And so that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. He said we need to keep our focus on what's really important. And then here's the fourth way that we need to build people up instead of tearing them down. That's by limiting our liberty out of love for each other. By actually limiting our freedom, our liberty, out of love for each other. Verse 20, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it's wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It's better not to eat meat or drink or wine or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. And so what he's talking about here is that when my liberty hinders the work of God in your life, then I'm missing the point. 
If what I'm doing, if the liberty that I have actually causes you to stumble or to fall into temptation, then I'm missing what God has for us. I'm, I'm missing the whole point here. I, we have a problem with all this. And so that's why the Apostle Paul says he limits his liberty out of love for others. And I think it's so important as we're, as we're going through this book of Romans, as you're trying to understand what Paul's talking about here, is that you can't just live your life unto yourself. That we have, to, we have to pay attention to those around. You need to know those who are surrounding you and not just live your life unto yourself. He says it this way in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23. He says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. And so remember, the goal here is to build people up. And that's why some things aren't necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. And that's why I have to make it a goal to prefer others, not out of legalism, not out of obligation, not because the, the church says or somebody else told you to, but out of genuine love for the people around you. See, too often, I think we fall into this whole way of doing things where we, it's all about us enjoying our freedom. It's all about me, 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 me all the time. But what the Apostle Paul, he's describing here in these verses is that if all we do is focus on ourselves then it exposes how immature we really are. Because one of the truest expressions of love is living my life, not just for me and what is right for me, but having my eyes open to what's going on with other people that I'll actually limit my liberty out of my love for others. Think about it this way. All of you parents who've had toddlers in your home know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Because think about it, when your kids, your little babies start getting to a certain age, what do you do to your home? You child-proof your home. You baby-proof your home. And so all of a sudden, you, go, you get busy about changing everything about your lifestyle and the way you've always lived as an independent adult. And so now you're putting those little ties on the cupboard doors so they can't get into those things. And you're putting gates in the bottom of the stairs and the top of the stairs. And you're putting all the breakable stuff up higher. Why? Because it's out of love for your little child. Because you don't want them to get hurt. And so is it inconvenient? Yes. Absolutely. I'm loving the stage of life that I'm in where I'm almost an empty nester. I put something in my house and it stays there. I clean an area of my house and it stays clean. I actually have white carpet in my house for the first time in 25 years. But when they're younger, you change everything, right? You know, I, I don't want nasty carpet. I don't want nasty couches. But you know what? I'm preferring my child. I don't want to put these little ties on my cupboard. But I know if they get into that, that's where poison is, right? And so we limit ourselves. Why, as parents? We're the mature one, right? We're the mature one. And so I want to protect my child. So you're doing it out of love. So that's what Apostle Paul's talking about here. In Galatians 5, verse 13, he says it this way. He says, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another, uh, serve one another in love. 
And so the mature thing is limiting our, our liberty out of love for others. That's one of the best ways for you to build up others instead of tearing them down. And then here's the fifth way that we're to build people up instead of tearing them down. And that's by not forcing my opinions on others. By not forcing my opinions on others. And all of you deep personalities, I'm now going to step on your toes. All you extroverts who can't control your mouths, I'm going to step on your toes right here. Because look what he says in Romans 14, verse 22. He says, so whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. And so here the Apostle Paul is describing that on all of these disputable matters here, just keep it between yourself and the Lord. In other words, all these areas that are kind of gray in Scripture, and this is what we talked about last week if you, if you were here. If you weren't, I want to encourage you to go online and listen to this one because this is really important to understand because so many of us, we get into conflict with other people over things that really aren't important. Yes, you believe strongly this, but it's not necessarily really important stuff. And that's why it's important to understand the difference between absolutes, interpretations, deductions, and preferences when we talk about Scripture. And this is what we went into detail last week of understanding the differences here. And so anything outside the absolutes of Scripture then are either interpretations, your interpretations, and it's fine that you have these interpretations, your deductions, and it's fine that you have these different deductions, and your different preferences, and it's fine that you have these different, prefer different pre preferences. But here what the Apostle Paul is saying is that these things that are outside of absolutes if your conscience doesn't accuse you, then yeah, enjoy your freedom. Enjoy your freedom in those interpretations and those deductions and your preferences, but just don't flaunt it. Enjoy your freedom here, but don't force it on others. Understand, allow differences in these interpretations, allow differences in deductions, allow differences in preferences. See, all these things that the Apostle Paul is talking about here, really comes down to these action points for us, and that is that we're simply called to love others. That's our responsibility. That's your responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ, is to build people up, to encourage people up, and not just live life for yourself. Romans 15, verse 1 and 2 says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. And so again, part of your job description as a follower of Jesus Christ is then to build up the other Christians, to encourage each other. And if you're not doing that, then the reality is that you're not fulfilling your job description. You're not fulfilling what God has called you to do and even equipped you to do because it's your responsibility to build up others. It's your responsibility to encourage other people. How many of you would be honest here this morning and say you need a little bit of encouragement? Let me see your hands. Now, why in the world is not all your hands up? Listen, every one of us need encouragement. Every one of us need encouragement. And here's the great thing, everybody. God loves to encourage us. It is his nature to encourage you. It's his nature to want to build you up. But you know what? He wants to use every single one of you to build others up as well. 
He wants to use every single one of you to encourage others. And here's the thing. You are equipped to do it. The Holy Spirit, the very presence of God will use you to speak life and encouragement to those who are around you. And so we're going to do something here as we kind of finish the end part of this service here. Now I'm going to ask you to just turn your chairs back in to face each other because you can listen to me now. But I want you to look at the people around you. If everybody doesn't have a name tag, you're going to have to maybe introduce yourself just a little bit so everybody can see each other by name. In front of you, everybody, there's, the food is still there in front of you if you haven't touched it. Somebody break the ice and eat the donuts and, and the fruit there. Okay, just because I asked you to introduce yourself, just because I asked you to turn doesn't mean you can't now ignore me, all right? <laughs> Let me give you your instructions. Because I have an action point for you here today, okay? And reason one of the reasons why I wanted to turn the service around this way, so we're out of rows and into circles. You may know some of the people around your table. You may not know anybody around your table. It's okay. But in front of you are these little blank three-by-five cards. There should be eight of those um, in front of you, just enough for as many people that are around your table. There should be a pen there for you then. Everybody have those pins, and you have your little three-by-five cards. Here's what I want you to do. The worship team is just going to just kind of play. I don't want you to sing. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to take this moment to worship. I want you to take this moment to build up and encourage the people who are at your table. Now, here's the thing. I want you to start by asking God, how do you want to encourage the people around my table? God, what is it that you want to say to speak to this person? And then just simply write that down, whatever it might come to mind. It might just be a thought, it might be a picture, it might be a scripture. Just, just, write, just write it down, whatever that is. And I want you to do that for every single person at your table. And then at the end, I want you to be able to give those to the people. So put their name at the top so you can hand it to the right person here. And here's what I want you to be confident in. I want you to be confident that God can use you to build up the people around your table. I want you to be confident that God can use you to encourage those around your table. He can do that with you. And so I'm just going to pray here for you and the team's just going to just kind of, kind of worship over you just to kind of set just the atmosphere of, of the Holy Spirit just kind of moving around the room. And, and so Father, I pray for every single one of us God, you've made it very clear, even in this passage, in this passage alone, and it's so much more throughout the entire Bible of how we are to encourage each other, how we're to build each other up. And it really is your heart. That's what you do with us. And so, Father, I just release your presence into every single person here in this room to be able to hear your voice clearly, to be able to see what it is that you're doing in these other people's lives so that we can just encourage each other today, that we can just build each other up today. That God, that you would just work in us. And 
Lord, that at the end here, that every single one of us would be built up. And so, Father, I thank you for the release of your presence here in this moment to do this very thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Just go ahead and write here as the team just kind of leads. So how was that? (laughs) Was it uncomfortable for you? I want to encourage you, everybody. So not every Sunday will we have round tables. Not every Sunday will we take specific opportunities to do this. But I think it's really important for you to understand that this is God's heart for you. That God wants to use you to encourage others. He wants to use you to build them up. And so I want to encourage you, as you go forward, even into this week, it doesn't change. Just because you step out of this atmosphere, have an openness to let God use you to do that very thing. Whether you're in a grocery store, whether you're barbecuing with some friends later today, or on the boat, or enjoying having fun, or or whether you're in your, your work situation. Or whether you come back next Sunday and you step into a church service, know that God wants to use you to build others up, to encourage people. Does that make sense, everybody? Some of I see a lot of donuts and a lot of fruit still left around. I'm not sure what that was all about, but let me just pray for you here as, we, as we're going to be dismissed here. So, Father, I thank you for what you are doing, even what you started here today. And Lord, I pray that this would be a snowball effect. It's so weird to say in Texas, snowball, but but God, some way, somehow, that you would start this momentum of moving this forward even in our own lives. God, that you would increase that awareness and you would help us to slow down in the crowds of people and and Lord, we wouldn't be so concerned about ourselves, but we learn how to love others and to prefer others and, and just to slow down so that we can hear you speak to us and then just simply encourage those who are around us. And so, Lord, I just bless these people. Lord, I bless them in their family situations and in their marriages and with their kids and with their, their friends and their coworkers and their employers and their employees. God, I just speak your blessing over them. That as we go here, that we would go with your equipping of your vision and your wisdom into every situation that we encounter. So God, let your blessing and favor rest on every single one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.